0: How we doing? We are. Are we all right? I get a little concerned about you guys sometimes. <clears throat> I, thank you. Thank you. This is a this is a feedback you know type of setup here. I, I depending on the feedback that I get from you, I'm always a little bit uh, you know I'm either I'm either confident or I am uh, I'm a little bit worried sometimes. It was such a, a, a beautiful day yesterday I know I mentioned it but but man, just the sun just soaking in the sunshine uh, was just absolutely wonderful I, I'm so grateful for that I um, want to just share with you this morning and I want to I want to ask you this question do you do you think that Americans in general believe in prayer okay do you think that Christians in America believe in prayer. Okay, a little different on that one. On on Thursday, I was was watching the news, and I saw a story um, that really piqued my interest. At midnight on August 30th, there were players and families and coaches that were associated with the high school football team from Lake City, Michigan, that gathered on the field for what they call a family circle. And on this particular night, which was obviously not their normal way of doing things, they decided that they wanted to pray for one of the, the kids of one of their coaches who was very gravely ill. And so they prayed. High school football field, players, coaches, family, family circle, midnight, there's no fans in the stands. They gathered after the game just for that, that family circle time and they prayed. And, and someone did what people in our culture do now today they took out their smartphone and they hit record video and they videoed what was happening because they thought it was a special moment and they posted it on social media. Well, it didn't take long for the freedom of freedom from religion foundation. I love my home state of Wisconsin, but that's a, that one is I'm not so proud of because that one is based in Wisconsin they threatened the school <clears throat> that if you do not take that video down, we will sue you. And it's a small school district. And so, in, 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 with open protest, they took that, that video down because they knew that financially they could not withstand a lawsuit. They were told that it's even illegal for a coach to bow his or her head when a student chooses to pray. Because that would be saying that you are giving credence to what is happening. But I want to compare that, okay? I want to compare that to Barna Research study that says that four out of five adults in the United States claim that they have prayed within the past week. According to the U.S. News and Beliefnet, 64% of Americans say that they pray more than once a day. Did you know that, that science believes in the impact of the power of prayer? Did you know that? According to medical doctor Anne McCaffrey of the Harvard Medical School, 69% of people who responded to her survey claimed that prayer improved their health. This morning, I want to talk about prayer. An author, an attorney, and a pastor named Ian Bounds who lived around the turn of the 20th century said this, Four things let us ever keep in mind. God hears prayer. God heeds prayer, God answers prayer, and God delivers by prayer. Our series that we're working through is called I Will, and today I want to share a talk with you simply called I Will Pray. What would happen if the church really prayed? Now when you think of the church, I know I know that sometimes we make this separation and we think of this place and we think of this this organization or this but but what and who is the church? The church is people. We are the church. So when we when I say what if the church really prayed, what I'm really saying is what if we prayed as the church. I just want to share briefly this morning six benefits of prayer that we can experience as the church and this whole series is is how how what what our relationship is to the church what we should be engaged in as the church here we go belief or benefit rather number one is a source of peace anybody peace a good thing is peace a good thing at all man people trying to buy it everywhere they're trying to get it everywhere they possibly can if you if you ask Google whatever it's called or Siri, if you ask that question to your phone, I, I'm I'm discovering the the joys of that being able to hit that button and just ask my question, you know, uh, or or ask for a phone number or something like that. If you ask Google or Siri the benefits of prayer, what are the benefits of prayer? Do a search. Undoubtedly, first of all, you're going to find a bazillion articles, a bazillion references, and you're going to find stuff from every religious philosophy and every, um, every, every, every religion that you possibly could imagine on the face of the earth, and some of them may even mention God and mention God in the way that you and I know God to be but the source of peace that i'm referring to this morning is very specific. In fact, it's so specific. Paul says in Ephesians 2:14, literally this it says for he himself speaking of Jesus, for he himself is our peace. Okay? That's the kind of peace that i'm talking about. Um, you, do you remember those um, those those billboards that were up, uh, and maybe they're still up in some places, but one of them said, um, no God, no peace, K-N-O-W, God, K-N-O-W, peace, or N-O, God, it would do both of them, and N-O, peace, no God, no peace, no God, no peace. You remember that? We're talking about peace in such a specific way, we are literally talking about The person of Jesus Christ, that he is the source of our peace. He's literally our peace. And any religious philosophy that doesn't believe that Jesus is the Messiah does not therefore refer to the same peace that we are talking about here today. We are talking about the kind of peace that is Jesus Christ. Are you with me? You got what I'm talking about here? Because of Jesus' love for us, because of what Jesus has done for us, because of who he is, we can heap all of our anxiety upon him. Everything that we're worried about. And we're really good at worrying. Did you ever realize how much we prioritize our worry? If it's a certain amount in the future, if we perceive something to be a certain distance in the future, that falls to the bottom of our priority list, okay? we prioritize. The thing that's staring us in the face at that very moment, that's the thing that we're most worried about but eventually getting around to it, we're going to worry about that thing that is our our last priority as well because eventually enough time's going to go by where it's going to become the number one priority even if we kick the can down the road for a while and we're really good at doing that, especially in light of eternity, we kick the can down the road and we don't worry about things until we get to what we perceive may may be the end. But we can cast our cares, heap up our anxiety on him in exchange for his peace. On the very night that Jesus was betrayed, this is literally just, just, it it, it was the day before he was uh, crucified, he said to his disciples, my peace I give you. This was the, the night he was betrayed. These guys were freaking out, okay? They were, they, they were so upset. Peter pulled Jesus aside. Jesus, I, listen, man, you're just bringing everybody down. You know, all this talk about being crucified, you're bringing us down. They were stressed out. Man, like I said last week, you know, uh, James and John, their, their mom is asking when Jesus comes into his, his kingdom, can you have my boys on your right and your left? They're fighting over who's the greatest. They were, these guys were stressed out. Jesus said to them, My peace I give you. They were afraid. He was talking about dying, they're scared to death. You know, that which they were the most anxious about would be the thing that would bring them the greatest comfort. They were worried about Jesus, but it's what Jesus did for them in his death and resurrection that would be their greatest peace to him. And today, the greatest peace that you could ever know comes from trusting in what Jesus Christ did for you through his death and resurrection. I expected a little more there. I'm just saying. That's how I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried about you today. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, the Apostle Paul says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Every situation, all your anxiety, whatever it is, look what he says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Real peace cannot be experienced apart from a personal relationship of knowing Jesus Christ. It's impossible. I don't care how much Money someone has. I don't care how much fame they have. I don't care how many possessions they have. I don't care how big their house is. It is impossible to know real, lasting, eternal peace apart from knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So when we pray, we're connecting to that peace. It literally transcends human understanding. Your friends, when they find out that you're trusting in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins to take you to heaven and they see you face difficulty in life and they see how you face those things that make them, give them anxiety and they're going to say, what is your secret? And your secret is this, my peace is Jesus. Imagine the church that says, my peace is is Jesus Christ. Benefit number two is to accept the ability to accept God's will for our lives. If you attended Sunday school, undoubtedly you heard a story about a man named Jonah. God told Jonah, I want you to go and I want you to preach to this particular city and I want you to tell them that my judgment is coming. Jonah hated that city because they had killed the prophets of God, and Jonah decided he was going in the other direction, so he sailed as far to the opposite direction as he possibly could. While on his little uh, voyage, three-day cruise, a storm kicked up, They started throwing stuff overboard, they were concerned, everybody began to pray, they found Jonah in the bottom of the ship asleep, they woke him up, said, what is wrong with you, we're about to die, you need to seek your God so that we can get out of this mess and he said, it's my fault. He said, just throw me overboard. They said, no, we can't do that. So they kept bailing as fast as they possibly could, and it didn't do any good. And finally they said, okay, man, you said it's your fault. I guess we're going to have to do what you say. And they threw him overboard, and the seas began to quiet, but God sent a fish that swallowed Jonah. And it says that he was in the belly of the fish for three days. And here's what it says after three days. Jonah prayed. Jonah prayed. You know, I'm sure I'm the only one here that's ever had a struggle with God's will in my life. I'm sure that I'm the only one that had a difficult time with God saying, hey, Kevin, I want you to do this. And I said, but I want to go the other direction. But that's where Jonah was. And after three, can you imagine taking three days before you would pray? You, are, you really got an attitude problem at that point. So what, so what happened? What happened? He prayed and God delivered him. It was his willingness to approach God in prayer that revealed he was ready to obey. In the Gospels, Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane the night of his arrest. It says that he was sweating drops, great drops of blood. I would call that stress, okay? That, that's if you're, if you're sweating great drops of blood, you are stressed. And in that prayer, he admits to his heavenly father that he does not want to die. He says in Luke chapter 22, verse 42, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Have you ever thought about that? Jesus did not want to die in that moment. He's asking God for a plan B. Think about it. He's asking God the Father for plan B. God, I don't want to do it. Your will be done. I will do it, but if there's any other possible way. You see, he didn't live and go to the cross with the power of his divinity, he was in the power of the same flesh that you and I are wrapped in. And he had the same feelings that we would have. And he was praying, God, if I don't have to do this, I don't want to do this. According to U.S. News Over 73% in a poll said that when their prayers are not answered, the most important reason is because they did not fit into God's plan. Pretty much says we understand. When we pray and, and we don't get what we're asking for, we understand, most of us, it's because we're not asking in His plan. Jesus said, God, in my flesh, I don't want to, but... I want to be in your plan, and so I will do it. But it was a matter of prayer. I'm sure none of you have struggled with this before. But in those times, we need to get on our face before God and pray. Why? Because seeking him in prayer brings us to a place where God can move in our heart and we will say yes to him no matter how difficult it may seem. We And and, and I pray that you don't have to spend three days in the belly of the fish to get to that point. But we need to get on our face before him and say, Yes, God, I accept your will for my life. And don't say, but, or if only, as long as you don't do X, Y, and Z. Just say, Lord, I accept it. Benefit number three is to access wisdom. Does anybody here ever feel like you're not smart enough? I'm on my tiptoes. My wife is smart. I mean, she married me, right? She's I must be somewhat smart because I married her, but my wife is smart, okay? She is, she, my wife is smart. Um, our board, our board is smart. I love working with our, our board here at Silver Creek. They're smart, they are, and, the, and, and I'm glad of that because I, I, would, I would do wrong things. I'd, make, I'd, I'd go left when I should go right if not for them. My staff is smart. They are, <laughs> my staff is smart. I, and I'll tell you, there's, there's times when I just realize that I am not smart enough. And I say, I, I, Lord, I'm, I am not smart enough to do this. I am, what is wrong with these people that they put me in as their pastor? I am not smart enough to do this. And I want you to know that I cling to, a verse in James chapter 1 where he said, anyone who lacks wisdom, me, anyone who lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all and it will be given to him. I pray that prayer time and time again. I journal those words. I write those words time and time again. God, give me the wisdom that I need. I'm so glad that he says that he'll give generously to some. No? Most? A few? All. All. Oh man, I need it. I need that wisdom. In fact, I'm so I'm so simple. I'm so simple, it took me a while to find it, but a couple chapters later in James 3.17 even tells us what it looks like. He gives us a description so that we'll recognize it when it comes to our heart. He said, but the wisdom that comes down from heaven must first of all be pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, uh, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. If it doesn't look like that, keep praying because it's not God's wisdom. Okay? If you think you know what to do and you can't identify it in 317, don't do it. Keep praying because the answer will come. Prayer provides us with that access for wisdom. I just, as I was going through my notes, I just, I, I just recalled that Jesus said, he said, you have not because you ask not. Don't, 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 don't go the wrong direction in God's plan for your life because you failed to ask. And I think that could be representative of, we just don't want to know. You know, I'd rather be ignorant than Ask. This is not directions, okay? That, we're, that we, we feel stupid for asking for directions. Now we have these phones that give us the directions. God doesn't want us to, to miss out on what he has for us. Number four, benefit number four is healing. There's a connection between prayer and healing that's even recognized by science. March 31st, 2015, there was an article titled, Science Proves the Healing Power of Prayer. Duke University, uh, Harold Koenig, Dr. Harold Koenig, the, the report that he did said, studies have shown that prayer can prevent people from getting sick. And when they do get sick, prayer can help them get better faster. Koenig also cites a comprehensive investigation of more than 1,500 trustworthy medical studies, and here's what he says. It indicates that people are, who are more religious and pray have a better mental and physical health. Even science recognizes the benefit of prayer when it comes to healing. Now, they're not going to tell you necessarily, oh, that's healing, But empirically, the evidence suggests that those who believe in prayer, those who believe in God, experience a greater degree of healing in their life than those who don't. The Bible is full of the names of God, and one of the names of God is Jehovah Rapha. And it means the God who heals you. In the New Testament, the Apostle Peter referred to us being healed by the wounds that Jesus experienced in going to the cross. By his wounds we are healed. James chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, it says, Is any among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. We're given specific instructions on what to do when we need healing. We need to pray. We need to invoke others who are in the body of Christ to pray for us. Can we pray on our own? Sure we can. Should we do what James says and and ask others to pray for us? Yes, we should. Prayer brings us to the place where we're asking God for His touch in our lives. Number five is New Revelation God's revelation of himself to mankind is found in the Bible, not the Book of Mormon, not in the Koran, not in any other religious writing. It is in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, Paul said, I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Paul was praying for a spirit of revelation to be upon the Ephesians. Now I want you to understand because this might be a little creepy to you but it's not referring to something that no one else knows about God but in fact he's referring to that which is common to the believers and he's asking that God would reveal a, re, re, uh, remove a veil of ignorance from the minds of believers that they may know and understand more about who God is. When we... Come to know, before we come to know Christ, Satan has literally blinded the eyes of unbelievers. And when we come to know Christ, one of the functions of the Holy Spirit is to reveal to us the truth of who God is. And that's how we begin to know Him. When we pray, when we seek God, He reveals Himself to us so that we can know Him better. It is a revelation of Himself. And when we pray, he reveals more of himself to us. Number six is open doors. I've heard people say when God closes a door, he always opens a window. I don't find a Bible verse attached to that, so that's not the gospel. In fact, I would really disagree with that statement because when God opens a door or when he closes a door, I believe that he intends it to be open or closed until he decides different. That's just what I, what I see from scripture. Even in, in the New Testament, Paul and Silas were on their missionary journey, and the scripture says that God closed the door for them to go into Asia. God closes doors, God opens doors. He does so according to his plan that he has. Revelation chapter 3, verse 8, it says, See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. When the church begins to pray, it opens doors. When God opens a door that he intends for us, no amount of opposition can close it. God uses prayer to open doors. Ian Bounds, I quoted him earlier, he also says, Prayer moves the hand of God. Paul said in Colossians chapter 3, verse or 4, verse 3, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. When we pray, God opens tremendous doors of opportunity in the kingdom. Our message throughout the month is: I will, today is I, I will pray. There are benefits to the church when the church prays. S.D. Gordon said this, you can do more than pray after you've prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you've prayed. My fear is that the church in the 21st century here in the United States has become a prayerless church. We live in a land where the law increasingly does not allow for prayer. But imagine if the church would pray. Imagine if we would pray. Imagine the peace. Imagine how we would be able to accept God's will. Imagine the wisdom that we would have, the healing that we would see, the revelation that we would experience, the doors that would open before us. I believe that God wants to do those things in our lives as His church, and they will happen through prayer. Would you bow your heads with me? In fact, let's stand. We're going to close our service a little bit differently today. We're going to have just some music that's going to play softly and we're going to pray together here, but I believe that God wants to touch people's lives today (laughs) through prayer. And so I'm going to invite our, our connect group leaders, our deacons, uh, if their spouses are here and available with them, to just come and take a, a, a spot here to pray for people at the altar. Out in the hub as well, there'll be some that will be standing there and available for prayer. But I want us to pray this morning. And I want to start with really maybe what is the most basic thing, because as I shared this morning, you might be saying to to yourself, you know, I... I don't know if I've ever prayed the way he's talking about praying. I don't know if I've ever really put my trust in Jesus Christ. So this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to speak directly to our hearts this morning and and say this, that if you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, today can be that day. You see, I believe that when you and I, when when a human heart reaches out to the Heavenly Father, that God always hears that prayer. Revelation 3.20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's active. He's knocking at your heart. It says if we open the door of our heart, He will come in and have fellowship with us. He'll talk to us, and we'll talk to him. So this morning, if if you've never accepted Jesus as your your Savior, I want to invite you to do that today. I want to invite you to simply say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my Savior. You see, the peace that we've talked about only comes through that relationship with Jesus Christ. There's so much that's available to us when we ask Him for it. And it all begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to have those Connect Group leaders and our our deacons to just come here to the front, just begin to take a place. And we're going to close our service with this. As the music begins to quietly play, We've talked about prayer, the benefits of prayer. I want to offer the opportunity today for you to pray. I don't know what you need prayer for this morning, but I know this, that that God desires to touch our lives. Whether it's healing, whether it's peace, whether it's wisdom, whether it's knowing and accepting God's will for our lives, whatever it is, I believe that God desires to answer that prayer today. So there are people that are out in the hub. There's people here in the sanctuary. Their desire is to pray with you. Doesn't matter what it is. The Bible says that where two or three are gathered together and they agree as touching any one thing, that it will be done in Jesus' name. So there's agreement that happens. There's power when we gather in prayer. Father, I pray that in the next few moments, as people just begin to move, as they begin to step out, because they need someone to pray with them today, I pray, Father, that we would see miracles in Jesus' name that would begin to happen. Miracles of healing. Miracles of timely wisdom. Miracles of revelation. Miracles of open door. Because your church begins to pray.